It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. What the hell's going on out here? Welcome to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at Todd from PA. And I am joined today by Rosalie Michaels, a.k.a. the Fantasy Girl. She is an actor, a model, a TV host, a former beauty queen, a mom, a football fan, and a sarcastic woman in a nutshell. Uh, So pretty much the opposite of every greasy guy that I've ever had on my podcast. Rosalie, <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm a little greasy, too. I, I love good, greasy food. I love chicken wings. So Yeah, yeah look at, looking, looking at you, it looks like that's all you eat is chicken wings and pizza. <laughs> I love. I, 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 I am Italian, so I love food. But you have, I, I don't get to eat as much of it as I really like to. So. Hey, how you doing? Um, well, you, That's you, right. I saw. I, I saw somewhere you were born in Jersey, but then you moved away. Where in Jersey? I was born in Somerville, New Jersey, so kind of central New Jersey. Right down there. the road from me. I grew up in oh, Scotch really? Plains. Yep. Okay. I, again, I, I live there. You don't know the area, but but literally, <laughs> like I used to bowl in Somerville. Oh, that's right. Well, my mom grew up there. Um, you know, my mom and all of her siblings grew up there, and so um, they know the area real well. Um, but then she married my stepfather, and I moved all over. He was in the army. So I was just uh, going to say he he had up. to be in the army. Yep. Yeah, he was a drill sergeant in the army, and. Uh, so he did bring That must have been fun to grow up with. Him. Not at all. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I, oh, I gosh. I can take my bed in hospital corners if I need to. I can bounce a quarter off of my bed. All right. I probably have about eight jokes I could make there, but I will, I will pass <laughs> on all of them. Uh, pass on because, all of them. Pass on all of them. I promised you a, a, a nice, clean interview. Uh, so, um, you know, in, in, you know, I, I don't want this, I want this to mostly be about football, but at the same time, I've always wondered about beauty pageants, you know, how did you get into that? 
And was it something that you were really passionate about yourself or was it like something that, you know, was, you know, you, you hear the stories. I, I've never gotten to ask anyone about it. I've always been curious. Yeah, you know, most of what you hear is stories. It's not actually most of my my core group of friends. In fact, all of my core group of friends, with the exception of my husband, obviously, um, they are. He looks like a model himself. (laughs) He'll appreciate you saying that. He really will. Um, But yeah, they they are all former beauty queens as well. So that whole thing about uh, you know that it's catty and that it's it's doggy doggy. Well, I'm using a lot of animal references there, aren't I? Um, but it's, it's really not. It's something where I've found women who are like-minded, who, who really are um, wanting to achieve certain things, such as, you know, it depends. My, one, my best friend, who is also a former beauty queen, she's a real estate agent. Another um, manages her husband's um, alternative medicine business. Another one is a GM and regional director in the hotel business. So all of them are very ambitious women who are also beautiful. We go out in a group and the heads turn and uh, there's a lot of staff going around. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I I wondered why my neck was hurting. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I just just thinking about it and I my neck turned so quickly. I think I sprained something. <laughs> I, I uh, loved competing uh, because I'm competitive. So I loved competing and I, I just fell in love. I started watching Miss USA when I was a little girl, actually after I fell in love with football, I fell in love with football at about five years old at about 10 years old. I, I fell in love with the Miss USA pageant and then always had goals to compete there. So that's, that's so really what was the first Super Bowl you remember watching? Um, you know that I remember the Bears Super Bowl back in well now you're gonna date me. <laughs> eight, 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 <laughs> now, eight, eight, I know I'm gonna say the year and then I was like eighty five. Um, Sorry. But yeah, back in eighty five the Super Bowl shuffle, you know, Ditka and Jim McMahon and stuff, I remember all of that. I remember the Redskins Super Bowl, um, because I grew up a Cowboys fan, so the Redskins they were killing me. They hurt me. They hurt my heart back then. Yeah, yeah the um, cow. I I had to grow up in the seventies when the 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 Cowboys just mutilated my poor Giants regularly. Yes, so uh, yes. you know, I, I've got the world's tiniest violin for the five years in the eighties <laughs> that the Cowboys weren't very good. Well, and it's it's the but then I, the lucky part was the first one that the one that. Super Bowl that stands out the most was the Super Bowl after the 92 season but in the Rose Bowl where the Cowboys beat the uh, the Bills that first year. And uh, I was at that Super Bowl. So I was at cool. 40-yard line, 10 rows from the field with, uh, with Troy Aikman's sisters next to me, John Travolta in, sitting directly in front of me. And uh, I, I got there because I won a bet. So... Uh, all right, I'm not going to go after that one either. Got to oh, leave the no, loose threads alone. That one's perfectly innocent. I won the bet because uh, my my husband at that time had he was my boyfriend at the time, but he had bet me 
because he and his friends would get together and talk about at the beginning of the season, as guys do, you know, hey, you know what, we're going to predict who's going to win this division, who's going to win the AFC and NFC championship, and then, of course, who would win the Super Bowl. And so I told them that year that the Cowboys were going to win the Super Bowl, and they told me I was crazy because they were one year removed from a 1-15 in season, and I said, they're going, I'm telling you, watch. And so my boyfriend at the time said, well, I'll tell you what, if the Cowboys go, then we'll go. And he had to pay up big time. He never bet me in football ever again. Yeah, that was, uh, that, uh, other than the divorce, that was probably the worst bet he ever lost. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I actually met Troy Aikman once, Uh, a company that I worked for in the early 2000s, had a relationship with Joe Buck. And during the playoffs, uh, you know, if uh, wherever Joe Buck was going, he would give uh, tickets uh, to somebody and we would take an account. And uh, I'm a giant fan. And it was a Philly game. So I had to, it was the famous Freddie Mitchell game and we got a booth visit and and I sat there and talked with Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck for about 15 minutes. Troy, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, you know, if a Troy, my hands still, I still haven't gotten pieces of my hand back from when (laughs) Troy Aikman shook it. It it like literally disappeared inside his hand and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Yeah. You know, you can tell. You can tell when someone is being nice just because they have to, like yeah, Joe Buck says, Hey, say hello for, you know, he, he was genuinely, genuinely very warm. I oh, love hearing that, you know, and, and I'm happy that he's, uh, I, I, I really love watching him as an, as a, uh, an announcer during the game. So I'm, I'm happy he's found a good life after football. Yeah, I don't get the people who don't think he's good. I think he's a very good announcer. He's not Tony he's Romo, but, <laughs> but he, you know, he, well, he plays it fair. I, you know, as a giant mm-hmm. fan, you would think that I would like have this gripe against him, but uh, well, and again, he was very nice to me. I, I'm real easy like that. Uh, if someone's nice to me, I tend to, uh, So you also did some acting. Uh, Can we do a couple minutes on your acting history? Absolutely. So do you want to just hear a little bit about it? Yeah, just give us a little synopsis. I I, I don't want to dig too deep. Just uh, give everyone a a little sense of some of the things you worked on, how long you did it, and what you do now. I know you do some spokesperson and some TV hosting work. Yeah. So um, my acting acting was really, uh, I started doing plays when I was a kid and then really got in front of the camera and started doing commercials as a teenager. And then when, uh, when I got divorced from my husband, I decided it was time to, to I was a stay-at-home mom and I wanted something he, he stopped, to he do. He stopped sending you to the Super Bowl. I mean, once, once, <laughs> once they That's send right. you, That's you can't right. stop. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, every year I kept asking and nothing. I mean, the Cowboys uh, went to no. three Super Bowls. No wonder I know, the marriage. I only I, went to the one. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I bet the marriage didn't make it past the 95 Super Bowl. <laughs> Definitely did not. Um, but, yeah, so I um, I came back into to doing acting and modeling and, and on-camera work. 
And I've been really lucky. I live in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and there was a good amount of film work and stuff here. So lots of commercials, national commercials, local commercials, that sort of thing. But a number of films and made-for-TV movies, too. Um, I've done two, two films that I'm, I'm really proud of. One I did with uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, I was in Everything Must Go. I played, I had a, coast, um, a supporting role in that with Will and uh, and my husband was played by... Nice guy? Uh, yeah, Will was a really nice guy. Very, very nice guy. Um, everybody always asks if he has funny in real life, and if anybody out there has seen Everything Must Go, you'll know it's, it's a very dramatic film. He plays an alcoholic, and so it's not one of the So you comedies, got the one non-funny Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, that's right. The only one. <laughs> that's, the, the, like that's literally the, the only movie. Will Ferrell movie that would depress me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although my scenes are pretty funny. If uh, anybody out there has, has seen it, they'll, uh, I'm sure, have some good comments for it. I play his next-door neighbor. My husband is played by Stephen Root, who is famous for his role as the stapler guy in the office um, movie. Oh, no way. So, yeah, yeah. The, so the crazy guy? Yeah, so he played he played my husband, also a great guy. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, the other movie that I'm really proud of, I actually worked um, with a guy who won about six months before he won the Academy Award for the artist. Um, I did a, a comedy. This was a comedy. It was a French comedy that was filmed in Las Vegas. And... Uh, it was uh, Jean Dujardin. So Jean Dujardin won the Oscar for the artist, which was, I don't know if you remember, it was a black and white um, kind of silent I, I didn't film. see it, but uh, I, I remember the buzz about it. It's funny. I used to never miss the movies, and then I'm yeah. kind of going through I, I actually filed for a divorce uh, like three days ago. Uh, but uh, my wife, when we were dating, made me go, and, and the first five years of our marriage, every Saturday movies are her thing and I got so oh, burnt wow. out I think I've been to three movies in the last five years <laughs> you're like can't do it can't do it anymore well no. that's all right I don't go to a lot of movies either but uh but I I just act in them is that weird <laughs> no not but, at all but, you got yeah. football to watch. Was funny yeah, exactly. That's the most of my uh, my viewing pleasure is football. But yeah, so the funny story with Jean was I had we were in Vegas shooting this movie, and I don't I don't go to strip clubs. It's not my thing. I know there are some women out there that that do enjoy such things. I'm a um, guy, and I haven't gone to one since uh, 1986. <laughs> so, so I had never been to one, but we were shooting inside of a strip club and the strip clubs don't shut down just because you're shooting in there. They still have money to make. Right. So um, we sat down and John was like, I was pretty nervous about being in there. I'm not a fan of, of those types of places. Of the genre. So, of the genre. So he was really great. Just very, he's like, I'm right here with you. I'm not a fan either. Sure. You're not. But yeah. <laughs> right. Like, but he sat next to me and he was just like making me laugh and we had a good time. So he held my hand in the strip club to, to make me feel more comfortable. So it was, That's uh, nice. it was when, in, the, in, yeah. in the eighties, I lived in New York for a while and I had a bunch of friends who loved going. And I went once or twice with them 
And then I said, don't, you know, why don't we go to like a bar where we could meet real women who might actually like us? You know, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to say I'm completely immune to the charms, but I, I just made a decision that I was kind of done with that whole, I just, I didn't get it. I never got it. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> enough on strip clubs, uh, enough on John okay. Dijardin. Uh, you know, the French are known for their senses of humor. Uh, yes, they are. And uh, all right. So how did you end up in Arizona? Um, so the uh, I was living in New York right um, after high school and Where did you modeling live in the up city? there. I lived actually on Long Island and would commute into the city. So I Long lived Island. in what city? In Long Island. So I lived in the Huntington Melville area. Sure. Um, one ten. Suffolk County. <laughs> off of one ten. Yep, exactly. Right. I used to sell accounts at the Huntington uh the Huntington Mall. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, when I lived up there, again, I was still a Cowboys fan, So, and I actually worked at a uh, sports bar there, and on Sundays, I would make them turn one of the TVs to the Cowboys game, which, as you can imagine, on Long Island was not a very popular choice. So, No, it's I, more that country <laughs> than giant country, at least, though. No, uh-uh. No, they were mu- they were absolutely giant fans. In, oh, wow. that All the people I knew were giant, giant fans. Well, so. you're, you're lucky you're pretty. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's probably the only reason I got away with it. So uh, a, a dude in there asking for such things definitely would not. Yeah, I don't think it would have went over half as well. Uh, nope. All right. So, uh, but I, I interrupted. You were going to tell us how you okay. made it from New York out to Arizona? Oh, so um, I had had enough of New York. I, I had moved from Florida to New York, and I wanted to get I'm, – I'm just not a snow and cold weather type of person. So I wanted to go someplace warm again, and I was thinking I would move back to Florida. And, uh, again, my boyfriend at the time, the one that needed had to take me to the Super Bowl, he, uh, he said, you know what, let's go somewhere brand new to both of us. Let's go look at Phoenix and let's go look at San Diego. I'm like, Phoenix? What the heck is in Phoenix? But I'm like, all right, fine. I, I was actually like, I could totally live in San Diego. That I could see. But when I landed in Phoenix, for some reason, I just fell in love with the place. I just had that gut instinct, which doesn't come very often um, for somebody that moved around a lot as a kid. You know, I, I was never in one place for very long. So that had to be hard. Yeah. So I, well, I loved it. I loved being able to move around and I think it teaches you a lot of really great um, skills in, in terms of not being afraid to learn how to break up with people. (laughs) You you spent half your childhood saying goodbye to people. (laughs) I I mean, I didn't really date all that much when I was, you know, in elementary school, so it wasn't a big deal, but, uh, but yeah, but the uh, so we we came to Phoenix. Fell, I immediately fell in love with it. We ended up not even looking in San Diego. We went and just visited and had a good time. Um, and now I've been in Phoenix for 26 years. So it's uh, it's home. I I love it here. Not to say that I won't live somewhere else eventually, but I, I Phoenix. When people ask me where are you from, I am from Phoenix. That's awesome. 
And you're still a Cowboys fan, not a Cardinals fan. No, I'm both. I, I love the Cardinals too, which it hurts really badly, especially this past year. But uh, but we had season tickets to the Cardinals for 18 years. I, it was actually the only thing that I asked for in my divorce was I wanted half of the season tickets because we sat 50-yard line, two rows from the field on the visitor's side. I like to see all the different teams come through. So we had great seats. You can't get those seats in any other stadium. And uh, we got divorced. I asked for half of them, so my ex-husband and I – split them for a number of years until one year he never asked me for my half of the money for the season tickets. And I asked him about it. He goes, Oh, I gave them up. I'm sorry. What you did? What now? He gave them up. So without telling me he gave up the season tickets. And so it's fine because now, you know, with fantasy, I need to be able to see all the games each Sunday, so it's not as big of a deal, but I do miss being at the game live every once in a while. Well, I'm glad you helped me to segue. Uh, How did you get into fantasy football, uh, and uh, how long have you been playing? Um, So I got into fantasy football pretty late, given that I've been a football fan for most of my life. Um, I actually... I pushed back against fantasy because, and I'm sure you'll probably hear this from a lot of people. I did the same thing. We all all hate fantasy until we try it. Yeah, I'm like, it's going to ruin the game for me. I'm not going to enjoy it as much. (laughs) And uh, so I was was hosting an all-women's sports talk show. And the uh, producers of the show said, we're going to set up a fantasy football league and you need to play in it. And I pushed back and I was like, no. I don't want to play in it. It's gonna it's going to ruin the game for me. And they said, Listen, you need to play in it. And I absolutely freaking fell in love with the game immediately because like I said, I'm competitive. It's like I was in pageants. <laughs> I I really like winning and I really despise losing and so um so I really became uh, obsessed with it, I think is the right term. And uh so, yeah, I was like, I forget it. From now on, I'm playing this game. I love it. And I've just gotten each year. So it's been about eight years now, eight years that I've been playing. You remember who the first player you ever drafted was? Oh, no, I do not. Uh, just a woman yeah. who goes through men. <laughs> well, that- we all do in fantasy football. That's I'm not kidding. Just me. I'm kidding. Of course, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, Ricky Williams was my first. All of us. Oh, was he? Yeah, I'm, I do not remember who I drafted first. I lost my fantasy for Kennedy to Ricky league. Williams. It was <laughs> it was Williams. that dress that he wore. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to. Remember. It was his rookie year, but the the year of the dress. Um, but um, all right. So you've been playing about eight years. Uh, how many yeah. leagues do you play in? Uh, last year, I was in four leagues. Um, this year, I'm, I, I'm in two so far. And then I help my husband manage his <laughs> as well. Um, so he took over. Yeah, you, his, you told me I, that he likes football, but he doesn't have the passion for football that you do. He tolerates football. We'll put it that way. <laughs> he, he tolerates it. He, the poor um, guy. He enjoys watching the Cardinals. 
The poor guy, exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, my 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 model wife, you know, she just insists that I watch football. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because you'll see, we'll go to a party or whatever, and uh, and they'll they'll ask my husband what he does, and then they'll ask me what I do. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, she is a fantasy football analyst. They're like, you must love that. And they start asking him football questions. And he's like, no, 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 you're asking the wrong person. (laughs) She's the one you want to ask. She's the one who has the knowledge. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, You know, know, it's like uh, I have a bunch of friends who are African-American and I – and, and, you know, uh, and it's like sometimes they'll say to me, see, subtle racism. And I, and sometimes I'll get it. Sometimes I won't. Like, that's subtle sexism. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's not so subtle. Um, you know. <laughs> okay, it, it, that's and, true, too. <laughs> it's not so subtle. Most well, sexism you know, it's not so subtle. I, I, you know, it, it's funny. So I, I was born in 1962. I uh, stuck my. I remember the night the, the Jets Super Bowl in '69, and the year before, my mom was as was a really big football fan. In fact, she's in her 80s, and she's still a really big football fan. And my dad yeah. and I weren't that close. He was a big sports fan, but it was my mom who really kind of got me into to football. So yeah. whenever I hear, you know, I, you're probably, I'd say, the eighth or tenth woman that I've had on the podcast. Whenever I meet a woman, on, you know, that I'm kind of cool with on Twitter or I have an argument with like I did with you, uh, yeah. I, I invite them on the pod because, you know, it's like a, it's a, to me, it's a little way to pay my mom back, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know what? It is. It, this is a changing world of, of football and fantasy football. You know, football, half of the viewers, almost half of the viewers are women. And when it comes to fantasy football, 20% of the players are women. So if you are ignoring that part of your audience and that part of the players, then you're ignoring a, a big part of it. And women are becoming more and more involved. You're seeing more and more female analysts as well. And you know what? It's it's that whole thing. We have to be twice as good and work twice as hard because in order for people to take us seriously, we have to show that we know what we're talking about. So a lot of my time is spent doing research. A lot of my time is spent making sure that I am on the cusp of everything that's going on. Um, you know, and there is that. I think that the women that that are involved as analysts um, on the fantasy side are there because they are so passionate about the game and they are um, very, very excited to play. And, and it's, very, it's very a shame you even to... have to say that. It's a shame what? you even have to like, like list your credentials of how much you like football, right? Like yeah. no one asked the guy, like, how much do you like football? Well, I'm sitting here talking about fantasy football. What do you, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I like it. What do I like do it? Think? Like it. <laughs> it wouldn't even occur to me that you didn't like fantasy football because you named the fantasy girl. Well, exactly. I mean, the double entendre, <laughs> but you know. Hey, so, hey you, uh, got it, you got it. Marketing works, right? It's a great name. I mean, how you got it, I don't know, but it's a great name. Uh, so I, I just uh, pulled it. <laughs> that's good. So, uh, 
you know, where can people find you uh, and uh, what exactly do you do in fantasy? Because as a host going through a divorce, I didn't do as much uh, research as I probably should have. Oh, no problem. Uh, hey, you know what? I, I've been through the divorce, so I know how much time that can take up. Um, you did you know, mention I, that, I, and I appreciated yeah. the, uh, you know, the camaraderie there. It, it's not easy. No, it's definitely not. But, you know, it's uh, the funny part is, is that I'm actually very, very good friends with my ex-husband now. We're great friends when we're not married to each other. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, don't, I, I somehow husband, don't see that happening in my case, but uh, yeah. not not because of me. So, uh, what what uh, what do you, you know? What you're in the fantasy industry. Why don't you tell everyone uh, what you do and uh, where they can find you? So, you know, just so that we can find out if you really are interested in fantasy or not. <laughs> there you go. I'm there really you go. really interested. So, um, so I do two different. I'm the fantasy expert analyst uh, for two different radio stations. Is uh, 1580 the Fanatic in Phoenix, and then 1010 uh, Team 1010 Sports in Palm Springs, the Palm Desert. Uh, I do the fantasy analyst for both of those stations, as well as DraftKings Live. DraftKings uh, on their Sunday show that they do the Sweat every Sunday during the season and then sometimes during the week as well. So I get into the daily fantasy stuff and, uh, and, and that's a fantasy. whole different. Yeah. Daily's great. I mean, unfortunately in Phoenix, we can't play here because it's, there's a, about 10 different States where uh, you're not allowed right. to play for money. Um, and so we can't play, but I think it makes my, I think that the viewers trust my analysis more because I'm not actually making money in the game as well. Some of the analysts do. They play as well as give, uh, give advice. And so they, they trust that mine's coming from a, a genuine place because I'm not trying to teach the people that I'm talking to. So, so who, I'm, who, I'm who are the co-hosts of that? Uh, the co-hosts of that are Jesse Cofield and uh, Emerson Lutzia. Uh, it's out of Boston is where they film out of. And so those are the two co-hosts. And then there's a number of different analysts. There's Steve Buchanan, who's my favorite. Sta- one of my favorites. Sorry, the other guys are going to get mad. <laughs> what about Adam Levitan? Uh, I, I like Adam Levitan, too. But uh, Adam, I don't. He, he's a, uh, I don't he's a little odd. Even he admits he's a little odd. <laughs> Aren't we all a little odd, my friend? I know I am. <laughs> yeah, we're all a little odd. These fantasy freaks. That I was. We are. I was. I know Adam. I've met Adam. He's very nice. I was kidding a little okay. bit. Uh, not that he'll hear this. But um, <laughs> I actually came in 16th in the Millie Maker last year. I I, I could have gotten on oh. your show. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, really? when you when that's, you when you finish awesome. 16th in the Millie Maker, you spend the rest of the year thinking about what could have been. Yes, yeah, that's it's so ooh, so close. It, and it is. It's it's interesting. It's such a different strategy when you go um into daily as opposed to season long, but it makes it interesting and it makes you a better season long player as well. Which which takes us back to where I kind of met you where you did you were you I I joke and I say you were mocking best ball, but you really weren't. Well, you did a little. No. But you also were asking well, a question of yeah. like why do people like best ball 
And what really interested me about you is a lot of times you meet people on Twitter who start out with a, a semi-sarcastic comment and, and they're just looking to bury everything. You really did seem like you wanted to know what it was like, what you were missing. Exactly. Well, and that is, I think that when you're engaging with people on Twitter, I mean, it, this doesn't have to be, and you'll see people in, on Twitter that just they're right. You're wrong. There's no in between. And you know what? Football, fantasy football is there's part skill, part luck, and you know it's part just sometimes it's gut instinct, and so there's not necessarily a right or wrong until the numbers come out at the end. You you take all the information that you have at your disposal, you you put the numbers together, and then you look at the overall picture to get an idea of who you should start, who you should draft, those sorts of things. Um, and there isn't a right or wrong answer, you know, and you see people go at it um, on Twitter and you're like, look at all of the information, not just one thing. So, and, well, and more than that, people and be respectful. More, uh, I couldn't agree more. More than that, anybody, you know, like I've done really well the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. I also know how fragile it can be. Right. Like if you own a lot of one player, you know, one of the reasons I like best ball so much is I can spread my exposure out. If you're in two or three leagues, you know, you can miss out on so many guys. So that's one of the reasons why I like best ball so much. And, And but the main reason is at the end of like a lot of people in fantasy, you end up joining, falling in love. And, you know, then you end up getting into more leagues than you can manage. And, mm-hmm. But you miss the drafting. And, and, yeah. and the real appeal of best ball is that you can draft as much as you want. And then there's all these strategies that are different than season long. So that, mm-hmm. for me, is how, why I like best ball so much. I mean, I've already done about 200 drafts this year. Crazy. That's crazy. But I am it, crazy. It Thank you for noticing. I, think, I am crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I think that what you said with best ball is it's great for, for that type of player, too, to give a different type of element. For me, what I love about fantasy football and why best ball doesn't work personally for me is just because I love the week-to-week management. I love really, like, sinking my teeth into my players, the waiver wire, understanding exactly what I need to do on a weekly basis and, and, and you know, really monetizing those matchups that are, are there week-to-week, and that's what you don't. So that's where, like, I get all of my, my juice from. That's where I, I – really fell in love with the game is not in the draft and it's funny I was telling um, I was on with one of my radio stations the other day and they were asking about um, you know the draft and how much stock do you put into it and I said listen every year you know how they give you draft uh, grades at the end of it um, on the fantasy platforms every Mm -hmm. year I get an F on my draft every year and I'm like you know what these draft grades are terrible because at the end of the year, I'm, I always have the most points scored and I'm always in the finals, you know? So 
it's not the draft grade. The draft is not for me with with season long fantasy. The draft is not where you win or lose. It's in that week to week management and in the waiver wire, and that's what I love about it. But I can see why people would love the best ball as well. Well, uh, and, and I joked with you about this, so it's not going to be any surprise uh, to the listeners that I say this, and I say it all the time. Uh, redraft leagues are like relationships. Best ball yeah. is like a one night stand. And, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, look, if, you know, some people are into relationships when it comes to fantasy football, I also like a lot of one night stands. Doesn't make me a bad person. No, it certainly doesn't. You know, as long as you are honest with your season longs that you're getting involved in the best ball. <laughs> That was great. Um, All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I I think when you live in an area, you get more information sometimes than uh, even in this modern era of technology and Twitter and so much information available. Um, I'm super high on the Cardinals offense this year with the air raid. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you saw the book. Uh, the perfect pass. If you haven't, and any of my listeners, you know I don't recommend things very often. If you want to unlock the biggest opportunity in fantasy football this year, listen to that book, and I think you'll understand just how active this offense is going to be. What's the take on the ground in Arizona on the Cardinals offense? It's... you know, here's what I love about this time of year when it comes to football overall, not just on the fantasy level, but just on the fan level, right? This is the best time to be a football fan because all of our teams have all the optimism right now. There's all, nobody's lost a game yet. There's all the goodness that's coming forward. We're looking forward to training camp. So obviously, you know, here in Arizona, the energy is high for the, for the new coach, you know, and it is, it's going to be an air raid. It's a 67% pass is what uh, Cliff was at Texas tech. So I think we can expect the same sort of breakdown. I like that. Um, I like that you're throwing out numbers, Rosalie. <laughs> I have numbers. I, I definitely I, have I, 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 I like that you have numbers, Rosalie. <laughs> I have numbers. Well, the, the the good news is is that because he's got, I mean, sixty seven percent pass, people are like, but what about David Johnson? Good news is everybody knows David Johnson is a great pass catching back. So, and they don't really have a great tight end to throw to. So it's always going to be like the the David Johnson dump off. Um, We have Ricky Seals-Jones, and he's fine, but, uh, you know, their tight ends are just not that great. Um, They brought in Charles Clay this year, too, but at 30, you know, is he he still viable? I really liked him early in his career, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, But the the energy here is high. Obviously, everybody loves Kyler Murray. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited about Kyler Murray, but when I see him on the field, he just looks like a kid, and that freaks me out. (laughs) He looks like a kid. kid. I mean, not just his size, his face. You know, he he looks like an 18-year-old. He does, but you look at him in his size, you know, and he's got the helmet on and he's moving around in there and I, he's exciting. I'm very excited to see him. And I love the fact given that the offensive line is just 
crap. Uh, I love the fact that he's <laughs> hot garbage, especially here in the desert. And hot garbage doesn't work here in the desert. <laughs> I bet. I, I would one would think. <laughs> it gets stinky fast. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited. Um, I'm a little worried about the fact that, you know, they talk about what a high paced offense it's going to be. So I'm a little worried about how quickly that's going to wear out our defense. You know, just because I, I need long, sustained drives, and I, I need to make them be on that page to make sure that they don't wear out our defense. And, yep, yep, and yep. Because it doesn't matter how many points you're scoring if, if your defense is giving up more points. So, um, well, so yeah. Well, I have so, a number. It, okay. At Texas Tech, the average score of, uh, of Cliff Kingsbury's games was 38 yep. to 37. So the fact that, you know, because we love fantasy, Rosalie, more than we love your Cardinals, uh, yes. the, the fact that their yeah. defense love is it. hot garbage in the <laughs> desert uh, is yeah. actually a positive for fantasy football. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we if he gets that, uh, which he can, you know, this is the new look NFL is what we're getting in Arizona, just like we have in LA with the Rams, you know, just like we, we have with the chiefs with Mahomes. It's just, that's the new look, the high powered, high flying offenses. And it's great for fantasy, obviously. And it's great for the fans just because you want to see high scoring games. Everybody hated the Super Bowl this year. Why? Not just because the Patriots won again, now I'm a Patriots fan. I like I love Brady and I love Belichick. So um, don't if there's any Boston. You, listen, you get around with teams that you like, Rosalie. I you know what I think fantasy helps to create that type of environment. Though you I learn agree. more about just the teams easy. and the, the schemes as opposed to just being a homer. So. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you get more into all the teams. I've been a Belichick fan for a long time. I'm also a Sean Payton fan. I'm also a Sean McVay fan. I like good coaching. I like, you like smart Sean's. coaching. I like Sean's, apparently. And you like Sean. <laughs> so um, I, I like, yep. So, uh, <laughs> sorry so yeah. about that. I threw you off your oh, pace. That's okay. No uh, problem. Anybody else you like? On the Cardinals or in general? Well, uh, you, uh, no, I mean <laughs> – no, I, 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 you were. I interrupted oh. your litany of guys that you like. Uh, I mean, coaches. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh, you know what? I love. I got to. I got to give my love to BA out there, who's in Tampa Bay now too. We loved him here in Arizona. Absolutely. He's very lovable. Him. I actually. He is. You know what? He's a really, really nice guy. I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to him a couple of times. Um, because I also used to work for Barrett Jackson, which is a huge um, collector car auction here in Scottsdale. And so a BA would be there and I'd just be like, coach, thank you for everything. And we'd talk a little football. So he, he's always a good was, guy. Was and he then wearing I cover the Kangle? Basement. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> always. I, I lived in Brooklyn Never in know. the 80s where Kangles yeah. like, were a thing. So it, it was always yeah. just kind of funny to see him wearing a Kangol. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see, though, what he does with that Tampa Bay offense this year. Um, you know, the Cardinals offense was really good under B.A., and he's got some great weapons there. If he can kind of help limit 
Jameis's mistakes. I think that they're going to be somebody to watch in the pass game. I'm a little afraid of their run game, but uh, I'm excited to see their pass game with the tight ends there. And of course, the two uh, the two wide receivers, Mike Evans, you always got to look at because he's just like that prototypical wide receiver that you want. And I'm really, really high on Godwin this year. You know, um, B.A. has said that he, he wants to get him about 100 targets this year. So I think that's somebody you can definitely get keep your eye on. And at his ADP, you may be able to get him pretty cheap. Gotcha. Well, you know, if he can get, you know, one thing about him, you know, Jameis Winston was – his coach was afraid of him and because <laughs> of the turnovers. And, and, yeah. and, and a lot of coaches that's, are that's like that. That's why fantasy owners are afraid of him too, right? Uh, right. But, uh, you know, one thing about Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer would throw interceptions, and it never stopped Bruce Arians from, from, from throttling up the next drive. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. You know, if you – Again, you have to to do what you can to help limit your quarterback from making those poor decisions. But then, you know, when he does make them, you do. You have to, to – confidence is king in really anything you do, but especially at the quarterback position in the NFL. I agree. Uh, all right, let, we're, we're going to wind down a little bit, but I, I wouldn't be doing any justice to you if I didn't give you a moment to, to wax lyrical about Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> My boy, Zeke. Um, you know, first thing I would I want to say is I, I just need him to stop getting into trouble. Um, but, you know, he's uh, – and I'm a little worried this year – yeah, no, that's not no. We got to stop saying that. No boys will be boys. Be I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're talking <laughs> to a guy who never gets in trouble. I just think about it. Be, be a freaking man. Don't be a boy. Um, there so, you go. You know, Good advice. That's right. There you go. I'm a little worried about um, just is he going to hold out? I hope that he doesn't. He's set, he's been saying that he will. Um, but I don't think that's a reason not to draft him. You know, he is – he's such a great running back. You know, he's been the, the, the rushing yardage leader two out of the three years. And the, the one year, everybody knows, you know, he would have had that as well, except he, didn't, he missed six games. You know, with that great old O-line there, Zeke, he averages – 2,099 all-purpose yards and 13 touchdowns a game. He is money in the bank when it comes to um, fantasy football. Now, just don't hold out on me, Zeke. Give me the full season like you told me you were going to get. <laughs> but can I be honest with you? He's not my he's not my number one RB this year. Who is? Um, now, I know you're probably going to get a lot of pushback on this from people because everybody – Pretty much everyone and and their sister has uh, Saquon as the one one. I've got Kamara as the one one. Kamara is my one one simply because it's a no brainer. There's no there's no risk to Kamara. His downside, his floor is still way high. Saquon's floor, because of that bad O-line, I know he had it last year, but there's well, no Odell, he's going to stack the box more. What? 
They did improve it some. They traded for Kevin Zeitler. Uh, but yeah, no, and 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 Eli. So I mean, I'm a giant fan. Eli's hot garbage at this point. Uh, hot garbage. <laughs> and and, hot garbage. and in the winter in New York, you don't even one. notice hot garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's all hot garbage, right? You go into the city, woo! Um, uh, I, that, I I lived in the city too for a while. I, I'm I'm right there with you. So you know, yeah, they did up upgrade it and they've got better pass protection this year but I still and and Saquon don't don't get me wrong he's still going to be a top five fantasy RB but for me Kamara is he he gets 20.9 percent of the play uh, of the player targets in that offense he's a top five running back every season despite only being the workforce back for only four games so now that he's going to have a larger share of that, yeah, I know they brought Latavius Murray in, but Latavius Murray is not Mark Ingram. They are going to give Kamara the lion's share of that backfield. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, but it's going to happen. Watch. And the, uh, the New Orleans Saints are the, one of the highest scoring offenses out there, unlike the Giants, who don't score as many ga- Thanks, points per probably. game. Sorry, you knew this already. This isn't news to you. So yeah, so if I have the one one, invite you I'm on a podcast and you insult my team. I get it. <laughs> I'm not insulting them, although you know it's, it's the Giants. It. Like, I, I'm Let's telling you, it. I love Saquon, and I just wish he was on. I, I hope that he, the Giants, build better things around him going forward because Saquon to me is a generational talent. He's fantastic but Kamara is too well I think any of the top five you could make an argument for I'm going to be sure. taking I, I have the one one pick uh, have you ever heard of the pros versus Joe's contest yes have. it's uh it's on the FFPC and it's a high stakes players versus analysts uh this will be my second year I'm honored to be a, a part of it uh thank you fantasy mojo congratulations and, uh, Ah, thank you, my dear. I appreciate that. Uh, but I am thinking of taking not Saquon, not Z, okay, and not Kamara with the one one. You're gonna take CMC. I am not. You're not. Who are you gonna take at one one if it's not those guys? Where do you live? <laughs> You're taking DJ. I might. You're taking DJ all day? I'm seriously considering it. Uh, that's how much I understand why you want that to. Wow. That's how much well, I believe well, I in that, that. <laughs> We definitely appreciate that. But, yeah, I, I think your 1-1 one, one has to be a safer, a safer call. But. I appreciate the risk. I absolutely appreciate the risk because I, I, I love DJ. Uh, you know, uh, look, I, my, you know, uh, I always say that I can live with losing and taking my players. What I hate is taking someone because ADP tells me to and then losing. And at this point, maybe it's only 50% that I take uh, DJ one. 
Uh, but it okay. is a legitimate thing that I am considering as we move forward. Another thing I wanted to ask you, we got we got a few minutes left. You got a few more minutes for me? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I saw one of your tweets, and you were talking about tight end strategy. Tell me about, uh, in general, how you like to play the tight end position and what your thoughts are on the position this year. The tight end position is the hardest position because of the, the limited options you have at the upper echelon of that group, right? If you don't get one of those top guys, then you might as well just stream because it's, it's, it's varying based on their matchups. You know, when you go from the top three guys, you know, and that's Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, when you go from them to the next tier of tight ends, there's a big drop-off in points per, fantasy points per game and in uh, target percentage. You know, when you look at Ertz and when you look at Kelsey and you look at Kittle, their target percent percentage for the not only the um, – not only the team target percentage to tight ends, but their personal target percentage, it's huge. This is why these guys are scoring so many fantasy points. So if you look at Kelsey, he's, his team's target percentage to tight ends alone is 31%. Kelsey is 28.5%. I love that you can pull that. that out of your hat. <laughs> I really do. 28.5%. Rosalie, I am now officially a fan. Like, I thought you didn't know anything about fantasy football. I thought you were just a good-looking girl. No. <laughs> no, it's – you know what? Like, think of that. If somebody told you, you know what, you want the guy who's getting a quarter of the targets on that team. I love Kelsey this year. You're going to say I, yes I, every time, aren't a, you? As long – you know, you? I, I don't have him in the top five. But I think once you get past the top five, definitely on the FFPC, where I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I had the fifth pick. Okay. I took him ahead of DJ. Um, okay. Because you I mean just top feel five like overall. In that, it, well, one five overall. And because in that, that's, that's a 1.5 format. And there's also yeah. a five point bonus in the Scott Fishbowl uh, for every 50 yards. So oh, okay. this year, so I, you know, the difference between Kelsey and the other tight ends was just too great. And I came back yeah. in the second round and got Dalvin Cook in the third round, got my boy Derek Henry. So I don't, I, I felt really good that I took Kelsey at one five in that. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, you know, he's dominant and I, I love people that try to say that he's not, that he's not all that great. He really is all that great. He's just fantastic. He's, insanely good um and and his fantasy points show it you know when he's getting the the bottom line is like i said if you could get a guy and say especially on a high scoring offense like the chiefs and be like that guy you know do you want the guy who's getting a quarter of the target yes please all day every day <laughs> you'll do that well, at running back at wide receiver or at tight end yeah and and uh you know, in a 1.5 PPR uh, for tight mm-hmm. end, you know, yeah. it's, it, you know, that guy who gets a lot of one, catch, one catch for a touchdown in 10 yards is fine mm-hmm. in a regular PPR in a yep. one and a half PPR. If Kelsey catches seven passes, 
That's 10 and a half points. That's more than your guy who caught that one pass for 10 yards and a touchdown. So um, exactly. I, I, I get it. Um, and, I yeah. actually, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, you want to say something? Oh, no. Well, and don't forget that he's also a huge red zone target for, for, uh, for Mahomes And if Tyreek well. Hill misses some games, which is still a possibility. Yep. Uh, exactly. You know, yeah, you he, that's going to make him even safer. Yeah, I mean, you look at at, at Tyreek's, um, you know, target target percentage, and those are going to have to go somewhere. Tyreek was second on the team in target percentage at 24%. So those targets are going to have to go somewhere. Some will go to Damian Williams, but some are going to go to Kelsey as well, and obviously some will be split up between the other uh, wide receivers over there. Um, but they don't really have a good, strong number two Sammy Watkins is fine. I'm interested in seeing what they do with Hardman, um, but we'll have to wait and see that during preseason and see really what kind of connection he and Mahomes have. Uh, I agree. Uh, all right. So uh, I am going to be, and this is an announcement. Uh, it's been finalized. I kind of hinted at it. Uh, during the season this year, I am going to be doing weekly podcasts for JM to wins website. And it's going to be kind of neat. I'm going to have like whatever a time I want to do different things. One thing I've never been really good at, Rosalie, is, uh, is the, you know, some of that uh, who to start, who not to start. Uh, would you come on one week and talk to me and uh, give me the, uh, some of your expertise on how to, uh, you know, who you like that week and why? I'd love to learn more about your process. Absolutely. I'll do some stardom sit-ums with you. That's a lot of what I do with the uh, the radio stations. You know, the, the listeners uh, tweet in or, or text in and uh, give us, uh, they give me the questions of who they should start and who should they should sit. I'm happy to do it for you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll do it more from a DFS perspective. I might have to uh, put your DraftKings hat on if you can. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I can do that as well. Absolutely. I know that I don't know how much time we have left. I know that somebody um, asked about Josh Jacobs. Huh? Three minutes. Three minutes. I mean, we can, we can run over. The live streams can end in three minutes, but for people who catch us after, uh, if we stay on and talk, it's fine. So go ahead. Yeah. I know that somebody had tweeted about uh, Josh Jacobs and I know that a lot of people have questions about him and for good reason, right? We've got a lot of hype coming into the, the, uh, the league and I, I'm excited about him. I think he's very interesting. The pros are, you know, Gruden loves him, loves him. That was his guy that he wanted um, from the draft and he got him. And he has said that he is going to make him the every down back. He said that they are going to wear him out, which both excites me and scares me. <laughs> so, and if you look at Gruden, again, um, I got a joke, but I can't say it. <laughs> See, you don't even have to say it because everybody's thinking it. Um, well, so, you know, but that, but that's okay. You can be subtle. Exactly. So, uh, so, and if you look at uh, the way that Gruden has treated his number one running backs over the course of um, Gruden's coaching career, his number one RB averages about 20, uh, 1,200 all-purpose yards and only 5.2 touchdowns per season, but still those 1,200 yards 
pretty good. It's not bad if you can get him at a good price point. His straight season this year is at a nine, so that's not bad at all. They should be going up against some uh, not-so-difficult defenses. And Oakland throws a lot to their running backs. You know, and if you think think about the fact that Cook was a 19.6% target share of that offense and now he's gone, will the running backs pick it up or will they give it to Wilson or Waller, the other tight ends there? So you got to think about all of that. What? Or, Or just more for Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, that, that's, it's, Antonio's going to be, you know, that deep threat guy and, and maybe some slot stuff, but I think that we'll see him. I think they're going to try to um, plug him more in the in the big balls as opposed to the short ones. Um, but that, you know, cons are, are you worried about Richard, you know, eating into some of that target share? Because Richard was 16% of the targets last year. There, there was some um, news so, today that they're going to take uh, – that they're going to take away uh, some of Richard's uh, receiving and give it to uh, yeah. Jacobs. I saw that today. Yeah. I saw that too. So I think what we need to do with Jacobs, and this is one of my um, bits of advice, because we all get very excited leading up to the season. Don't dial into one guy. Don't have your heart set on one guy until you see how preseason starts to play out and how they're going to um to start utilizing these guys, take a look at those preseason games, make sure that you see some kind of um, edge towards what you want to see. So, because if they don't utilize um, Jacobs a lot in the passing game, then he's not going to be as valuable, especially in a PPR league or a half PPR league, because they're only 39% rush. They were 25th in rushing yards last year. So if you are in a PPR and he's getting more um, more targets, then, yeah, he's going to be a, a really fun guy to watch. Awesome. Rosalie, we, we went over the hour, but people who, uh, who listen afterwards are going to, uh, you know, still hear this part of the show. I really appreciate you coming on. It was very, very nice getting to know you. Uh, you can find her at Rosalie Michaels on Twitter. She also goes by the Fantasy Girl, which after yeah. all those numbers she just spat out, she certainly is now my fantasy football girl. <laughs> uh, Rosalie, uh, I, I'm really very, very happy you came on. Thank you so much for doing it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's have some fun this year, right, Todd? Absolutely. And I still want to get you in one of my uh, get in the ring best ball drafts. I'll I'll DM you on that. All right. Sounds good. I'll do a best ball, but just for you. Uh, You know what? (laughs) You know what? And then at the end, tell me you didn't like it, but I get it. I get it. You're more of a relationship girl, but you know, you never know. I might like it. (laughs) I I know you're going to like it. It's just a matter of how much. Uh, And, uh, you know, how, how long have you been married to the second guy? Uh, we just celebrated our third anniversary. Uh, so you're not at the seven-year itch mark yet. But, well, you know, we've been together still... for seven years. So. Ah, so, so you might be ready for some best ball. <laughs> I might be. I might be. I'm willing to try a little best ball. I, you know what we what what I do is I bring on some high stakes players who think they know everything and maybe they do, 
uh, guys like myself and a couple, you know, and, and like you analysts and just fans who follow me on Twitter. Uh, and we do a $77 best ball and uh, on FFPC. And uh, I'll give you some tips ahead if you haven't done any FFPCs. And, uh, and then okay. we podcast it live and, and, and the, like seven or eight people on the pod. So it, it is a lot of fun. Sounds great. I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. That's great. That's Rosalie Michaels, everyone. Uh, give her a follow on Twitter if you haven't. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.